0: Welcome to BlitzCast, an NFL Draft Podcast, brought to you by NFLDraftBlitz.com. And now, your hosts, Alex Kavtov and Ed Hunt.
1: Welcome to BlitzCast number 112. I'm Alex. Ed will join me very, very shortly. We're going to be recapping. It's our last podcast where we're recapping what each division has done as far as the 2020 NFL Draft. And today, our last two divisions are the AFC West and the NFC West. So let's start with the AFC West, and let's start with the Los Angeles Chargers. Your favorite quarterback, Oregon's Justin Herbert, went sixth overall to the Chargers. So it was a pretty good start for the... For the Los Angeles team. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I also think that it's kind of a win that the Chargers could wait at six. And, you know, we could kind of see the marriage between the Dolphins and Tua. And then, you know, the Chargers were the logical pick at six. And, um, you know, I remember uh, I was in Mobile and I was sitting in a coffee shop. Uh, and I was talking to a Charger scout. And, uh, you know, I was shooting the shit about, uh, you know, Derek Watt and, you know, just different Charger players. and. <clears throat> I said to him, you know, hey, can I ask you? You know, are you guys thinking about taking a quarterback? And uh, you know, he gave me the usual. Well, we're gonna evaluate everybody, and then you know, we're gonna draft best player available. And you know, I mean, I I I think when he said that, it was uh, there there was a, there was a part of him that knew that uh, the, you know they were gonna go quarterback, and at least the GM knew that they were gonna go quarterback, and you know, Justin Herbert was their guy.
1: Well, he's a smart guy. He's a very good student. He's been a four-year starting quarterback with the Oregon Ducks. He's got, from a physical standpoint, Ed. He's got it all. He's got the size. He's got the strong arm. Um, he has, you know, he he's been a leader for that team. He's got athleticism. I think we got. We got to see some of that running ability from him during the the Utah game, the Pac-12 championship game, and then the Rose Bowl against Wisconsin. Uh, they decided to open it up a little bit. That's what I wanted Oregon to do, to kind of take the leash off Justin Herbert during his senior year. We actually don't know what he can do. He's got all this physical ability but I think Pep Hamilton he's the quarterbacks coach with the Los Angeles Chargers. He's got a tall task ahead of him. He's got to get the most out of Herbert. He's got all this immense talent. You just have to get it out of him. So I'm just I'm curious if the Chargers are going to be able to do this.
0: I, I, I think I think you know Justin Herbert is the kind of quarterback you can build your franchise around. You know, they've had Phil Rivers for a long time. And this was a great bridge. I mean this is this is a guy you can build your team around. You know, they have some pieces, uh, you know, some defensive pieces and so forth, and of course they're gonna have to build around him a little bit more. Um, but you know the you know the Chargers are the Chargers are a year away from you know of of be, you know it wasn't it was only a year ago that they were a playoff worthy team and so um, you know this isn't this isn't a team in total disarray I mean they didn't have a, a great previous year but a uh, great 2019 but this is this is I mean I I th- I think the Chargers are sitting pretty I mean you know the fact is is they were brave to just get rid of Phillip Rivers as early as they did. And I guess they knew that they were going to get their guy, and they didn't get a, you know, I mean, maybe like a Tyrod Taylor might, might, you know, start a few games or something
1: like that. But uh. Well, he's the bridge quarterback, and the thing is, I mean, they got rid of Melvin Gordon, they signed Austin Eckler to be their future running back, and Justin Herbert has some weapons to work with. I mean, he's got Mike Williams, he's got Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, that's not bad. I mean, Sam Darnold wishes he had those weapons out there, the the Jets quarterback. With the second first-round pick, with the 23rd selection, Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma, the inside linebacker. I, I think he can play in, outside linebacker as well. Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma was, was the pick to shore up that, that defense for the Los Angeles. Yeah,
0: I, I think this is a guy who's going to be a playmaker. He's a great athlete. Um I th- I think this is going to be a great opportunity for them to you know use him in the middle of the field. I mean I think he'd be I, I just think you put him in the middle of the field and I think he's going to make a lot of plays. Uh, I like this pick also. I think they had a really nice first round and I'd say I'd say they were a day 1 winner, um the the San- or the
1: Los Angeles Chargers. And they didn't have any day 2 picks, so they they stayed quiet on Friday, but on Saturday they turned around and they took four players, Joshua Kelly, the running back from UCLA in the fourth round. In the fifth round, they went with Jill Reed, the wide receiver out of Virginia who can help as a return specialist. In the sixth round, they went with the safety, Alahi Gilman uh, from Notre Dame. In the seventh round, they went with the slot receiver out of Ohio State. KJ Hill, who's your favorite selection out of those four Well, you
0: know, guys? one. I, I mean, just a little antidote. Um, you know, I I asked uh, Stephen Montez, you know, who was one of the best players you saw you know, in the Senior Bowl and so forth, and um, you know he he really brought up the name Joshua Kelly. It was a guy he really respected, and I think I think they 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 kind of had the same agent. you know, I thought he I thought he was a, a you know a pretty good running back at the Senior Bowl. I mean, obviously through the practices, it's kind of hard to judge running backs. I mean, you can almost judge every other position but running backs. But yeah, I, I think I think Joshua Kelly is a nice pick there.
1: All right, I thought that in the seventh round getting KJ Hill. Uh, was a nice selection. Uh, I just think he's a slot receiver with, with good route running ability and he was one of the toughest guys at Ohio State and a team captain the, the past couple of years. I just think that was a really underrated selection and I think he's going to get a chance to to work behind some of those guys that I mentioned earlier, Mike Williams and, and Keenan Allen. Uh, what's your overall grade for the, for the Los Angeles Chargers? You mentioned that you're they got an a nay as far as the first round goes. Now, what's your overall grade? I mean,
0: none of, none of their day three picks really really stood out too much to me, so I'm gonna give them a B. Um, but I I really thought that I thought in the early in the draft they got some good guys. You know, they they targeted the right guys, and um, yeah, I I think I think things look up for uh, the Los Angeles Chargers now.
1: Well, talk about looking up. Uh, I'm sure John Gruden and Mike Mayock are hoping. Uh, You know, they had two first-round picks. They had three third-round picks and two fourth-round picks. They're hoping that their selections will turn into really good players. And they're moving into a new home, Las Vegas. They were supposed to have the draft there this year to kind of celebrate it. Obviously, that didn't occur with everything that's going on uh, around the country. And uh, with the first selection, I think they shocked a lot of people. We knew it was going to be a wide receiver, But with the 12th selection, Mike Mayock didn't go with Jerry Judy. He didn't go with CeeDee Lamb. He pulled the trigger on the speedster out of Alabama, Henry Ruggs. Yeah,
0: and I think think it's really just this is what, what the potential that they see in Henry Ruggs more than anything um i i i don't know if that would that would have been where i would have gone at 12 i would have i would have liked to go with a cd lamb or 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 jerry judy actually you know i i think uh you know john elway kind of won the first round there in in the way that he got jerry judy you know picking after the raiders um but you know what at the same time i mean henry ruggs has the makings of a star i mean he's got great speed you know, he really has a lot of potential as a route runner. I mean, he could really be a guy who gets separation. so um you know I, I it's not it's not the pick that I'm most critical of when it comes to the Raiders.
1: But I'm curious if Henry Ruggs is going to be be able to become that number one receiver. He wasn't asked to do that at Alabama. He was more of a complimentary piece. He was more of a number two number three guy for for two years. He had his best year as a junior. I realize that the Raiders are hoping that the upside is so great that he's just going to be this this fantastic player for them, but it's it still comes down to production. Even if an, in a loaded Alabama wide receiver room, I still feel that Henry Ruggs still has a lot of questions to answer. But with that second first-round selection, with that 19th overall selection, they went with the Ohio State cornerback, he went with another big school, Damon Arnett. Very interesting selection here, and Mike Mayock and John Gruden have defended this to this day. But I felt like it was a reach. Ed.
0: Yeah, I think I think Arnett, I think Arnett would have been a really nice like day two or day three pick. But uh, I just thought it was a little too early to take the guy. I mean, um, I-, I know there was a little bit of a question, you know, where you know a year before he uh you know kind of stepped off the field and said you know I'm I'm going into the draft and then they said no you got to play another year and so um you know that brought some questions about him but um you know it's not it's not a terrible thing but um you, you know I, I I just when you when you pick at 19 and there were some good corners in this draft it, it just wouldn't have been it just wouldn't have been where I would have gone at 19.
1: I think Picking him on day two would have been a great selection because Arnett played with the broken hand the entire year. He proved that he can he can deliver on the field, something that he struggled with early on in his career with the Buckeyes. I just felt like he had a really good year. Right? He's a good man coverage corner. It's just again they they shocked a lot of people by uh, picking this high. They decided to go with some wide receivers in the third round, and they needed to get better in this position, obviously with the whole Antonio Brown debacle. Uh, Len Bowden Jr., the wide receiver from Kentucky, was the pick in the third round. And then back-to-back, they went with Brian Edwards, the the wide receiver out of South Carolina.
0: Yeah, you know, the more I think about it, you know, with the fact that they got... Lin Bowden in the third round I think that there can be you could really get creative with Lin Bowden you can do a lot of different things with him and I think he can be a little bit of a gadget player and you know what we're seeing more gadget guys in the NFL now so um you know maybe he can be a little bit of a slash you know maybe you 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 know you bring him in for a play where he throws it or you know you make him like a Taysom Hill you know make him like a wildcat quarterback kind of thing um and then obviously, you know, I I think you can develop him as a receiver. I think he can. I think he has the athleticism. I mean, you can use him on special teams as a punt returner. So um, those are those are the, just the kind of guys you like to have on your team, as Lin Bowden. And you know, I, I kind of got I kind of got a scoop from uh, you know talking to people at Kentucky Pro Day, which I went to last year. And um, you know, they said he kind of comes from a tough neighborhood, but um, you know, pretty
1: decent kid too. So. No, this kid is great. I mean, the fact is, he was a wide receiver this year. Uh, quarterbacks went down, and he told the coaches, hey, I was a quarterback in high school, I'm, I'm willing to do anything to, to help the team win. And the guy, I mean, he hasn't done a lot of throwing in college, he was just a running quarterback, and he was gaining like 150, 200 yards this year, Ed. It was just—it was incredible. It was, he was—he was selfless, and he showed his leadership skills. And that's the type of wide receiver that I would love to have in my room. If he can be the next Antoine Randall L. or a Randall Cobb, I feel like i, I got a winner here in the third round. On day three, they went with John Simpson. Uh, offensive guard out of Clemson, and Amik Robertson, the Louisiana Tech corner, who was one of my favorite slot guys in this draft, just a very feisty, physical guy, with very instinctive, with great ball skills. I mean, the one, the only thing he's lacking is that size, but he plays much bigger uh, on film. And uh, Amik Robertson was one of my Favorite secondary uh, players in this draft, but you know, you're a fan of John Simpson out of Clemson, right? Um,
0: I th- this pick didn't polarize me too much, it wasn't like, oh, this is a stupid pick, but it wasn't for me, it wasn't like, oh, wow, great pick in the fourth
1: round. So, um, I, I'm i pretty neutral on this pick, but Mike Mayock loves players from big schools, from winning programs, and that's what it shows. I mean, he goes to he picks players from Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson. He goes with the SEC players. Obviously, he picks guys that are winners, uh, guys that have character. So, Las Vegas Raiders, w- what's your grade for them this year? You know, I'm
0: going to give them a C. I-, I just didn't think any of their picks they really like hit on the guy they should have. Um, you know, I-, I-, I do think Brian Edwards kind of intrigues me, and-, and Lynn Bowden kind of intrigues me, but Henry Ruggs could become a very good receiver in this league, so... But that, and that's what keeps me from getting a C. But there, there was no there was no pick that I really loved of, of the Raiders this year.
1: Well, you let the, the cat out of the bag. You said that you really loved what uh, John Elway did with the Denver Broncos, especially in the first round. And he went with the wide receiver that I didn't think he believed would be on the board. It's the other Alabama wide receiver, Jerry Judy. He was the Bolitnikoff Award winner during his sophomore year.
0: Yeah, I, I just really like Jerry Judy. I think I like his run after the catch. I think he's got the height. I think he's got the speed. I think he's got the route running ability. He's got the athleticism. I think he's he's just. I don't know. I, I just think he's he's about as good a receiver prospect as you can get. I mean, he comes from Alabama. I mean, what 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 more do you want out of this guy's pedigree? the 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 Broncos were thinking about trading up for him. They waited. They got their guy. And so, yeah. I mean that was that that pick was a win, and you could see the smile on John Elway's face in the draft uh, when he got it. I mean he kind of he kind of had a smile to himself, like he had just he had just out out his his competition.
1: Well, John Elway didn't stop there. Uh, he realizes that he needs to find more weapons for Drew Lock, and and that's what he did in the second round. He went with the speedster out of Penn State, KJ Hamler. Interesting pick because I think him and Judy. His best positions are in the slot, so I'm curious how they're going to be able to to balance that out.
0: I I, I kind of see KJ Hamler as just being. I I, I kind of see Jerry Judy as also getting some time on the outside too. I don't I don't see Jerry Judy as just being a, a just being a. Uh, um a slot guy because you know jerry judy jerry judy's got some size so i actually think i actually think the x role is a little bit better for jerry judy so i maybe we disagree a little bit there kj himmler i think is kind of more your typical slot uh receiver you know shifty shifty route runner um you know guy who could get open i thought it was a little early to take a guy like him um i i think i think you can get a guy like him in the third or fourth round uh, to take him at forty six uh was a little bit was a little bit early for me. Um but you know there was a pick I liked after that too is uh this guy Michael O. J. Medea, um cornerback out of Iowa and obviously, you know, they're you know they're not gonna have Chris Harris back and so I mean, you know, I, I thought it was I thought it was a sneaky pick, uh, you know, you know, trying to replace their corners and obviously obviously, I mean, I don't know, I mean, without Chris Harris, I mean, is this defense gonna be as good as it's been?
1: Well, we'll see. They certainly have improved their offense. They also brought in Melvin Gordon to uh, help complement that that running game. In continue with the theme, they had two other third-round picks. Lloyd Cushenberry, the center out of LSU, who was considered by many to be the top center in this draft. And McTelvin Aguim, uh, defensive end slash Defensive tackle, and I think he's going to be versatile. He can play a number of positions from Arkansas. So those are two other picks in the third round. Who was your uh, favorite pick uh, out of those day three selections? They had five of them.
0: I think this would kind of surprise you a little bit because I, I wasn't really too too high on a lot of the other ones. But you know what? When you got Albert O. in in the fourth round. I mean, that's, that's, that's not like, it's not like you took him on day two. I mean, you took him, you took him in the fourth round and, you know, he has that crazy athleticism, height and speed. And, you know, maybe, maybe you make him a project and I mean, just, just think about it. I mean, you could, you could line up, you know, and, in, in, in 12 and 12 personnel and you could have, you know, um, Alberto on one side and you have, uh. I Noah Fant on the other side, and then and then you got Jerry Judy, and then you got you know. So I mean, you you've you've really got you could really have a good receiving core for Drew Lock, and you got you got some underneath options. So I like this pick. It's a little bit of a risky pick, but I I I, I think it intrigues me.
1: Well, Drew Lock has already has more weapons here this year with the Denver Broncos than he had in all of his four years at Missouri. So if he fails, it, it's going to be on him. And uh, if he fails, obviously Elway is going to go with him because he gave him all the weapons he could. I like uh, the Derek Tuska pick, actually, in the North Dakota State um, defensive end slash outside linebacker. He's going to be play that 3-4 edge rusher in this defense. I just I love his ability to bend off the edge. He's so disruptive. He's got a quick first step, and he Gets after the quarterback, so I think that uh, they're they're gonna like Tuska. He was a really good pick in the seventh round, a steal. So what what's your grade for the Denver Broncos? I
0: give them a B minus. I mean, I, I would have liked to see them hit harder on day three. I like some of their I, I like some of their day two picks. I don't I don't love all of them. So yeah, I'm gonna give them a B minus.
1: The Kansas City Chiefs are the last team uh, here that we're gonna preview out of the AFC West division and the uh, first selection at the end of the first round and this is kind of the luxury where you win the super bowl and you just try to pick the best player available and i know that Andy Reid was just ecstatic when he got Clyde edwards elair uh, at the end of the first round the running back out of LSU
0: this is i understand you know that he's only he's only got 1 year of being the main ball carrier at LSU, and so you know he was very productive. He was part of that uh, national championship team, but I, I don't I don't love that pick, especially being the first running back off the board. I think there were better running backs to take if you really wanted a running back, and I don't I don't really even like the idea of taking a running back in the first round unless it's someone like Jonathan Taylor.
1: Well, they obviously the the Chiefs said, hey, uh, Clyde Edwards-Elair doesn't fumble the ball. And he's a good receiver coming out of the backfield. And that was just too good to pass up. We know Andy Reid loves backs that, that catch the ball out of the backfield. And Edward Zelaer gives him that extra dimension. And that, that's why they decided to pull the trigger. He is a complete back. And I feel like you know they felt it was good value there at the end of the first round. We'll see. The one thing I do know is Andy Reid would know how to use him to the best of his ability. He had a similar player like this with the Eagles. I know Andy Reid has said that um, Edward Zelaya reminds him of Brian Westbrook. So that's, that's quite a huge compliment out there. In the second round, they decided to go with the guy that's really had some off-the-field issues, but his tape was really good, and the Chiefs take chances like this. They've done it in the past, and they decided to go with the... A linebacker out of Mississippi State Willie gay jr
0: yeah i I, I, I have the same feeling about the the pick I, I thought you know for them to go with him in the second round was a bit of a reach i mean he's a nice you know i I, I agree with the, the the tape assessment and um you know he's had some off the field issues and um you know I guess that you know sometimes the chiefs also like those aggressive guys i i, I just i I just would have waited if, I, if if Willie gay was the guy I wanted
1: in the third round, they went with the right tackle out of TCU. He played in the zone blocking scheme. He's got the length, he's got the athleticism, he he really gets out there on the move. He's he's a quick guy. Lucas Niang out of TCU. We didn't get a chance to see him during the All-Star Games of the Combine because he was injured. Uh, but many people out there felt like he was an underrated guy. And
0: I think he's overrated. That's that's my my take on him. When I watched this tape, I thought you know, I was I was thinking, oh, this is gonna be a good player, but uh no, I thought, I thought his I thought his tape was kind of overrated.
1: What's your overall grade for the Kansas City Chiefs? I'm I'm gonna the hammer end? them with a D. Ouch. I mean if Edward's z layer works out for them and becomes a very good back, even a complimentary piece, I mean the the grade has to go up, but Jesus, is that your lowest grade out of all the I, I,
0: I don't think I give Fs. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's just there's too much uncertainty with these draft picks to, to give anyone an F. So, yeah, a D, a D is really... I, I, I really didn't like the Chiefs draft this year.
1: You just hammered them here, Ed. Hammered them. It's like I didn't even expect that. Uh, we, we know that the Kansas City Chiefs get some talented players out there. All right, let's move on to... The NFC West. And let's start with uh, the Arizona Cardinals, uh, who had the number one overall pick in the 2019 NFL draft. They used it on Kyler Murray. Here, with the first pick, top 10 pick, with the eighth overall selection, they went with Mr. Versatile, um, outside linebacker, Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. I am really, I question this fit. And because he's gonna play that 3-4 inside linebacker role because the Cardinals play that 3-4 defense. And I'm just I'm not sure that Vance Joseph is gonna be able to get that creative with Isaiah Simmons. I felt like Simmons was a great fit in a 4-3 defense. The Arizona Cardinals just continue to experiment with this guy with these guys, and they just it backfires on them. They've done this with Hassan Reddick. Uh, they've done this with with some other players out there with Buchanan Deontay Buchanan I'm just I'm not sure it's gonna work this time but they just they keep on trying
0: yeah I I think I think they got an interesting I, I've seen a different scenario where I I actually see them using him differently I kind of like the idea of using Isaiah Simmons in, in a base defense like as a safety. Um, you know where he can use his coverage skills and you know basically like in a base defense where his you know his main job is to you know play in the box and stop the run and then I think I like the idea of you know maybe in a nickel defense you know having him go out and be be a you know an outside linebacker and kind of play that outside linebacker role you know play that mac coverage linebacker in a basically in a in a nickel defense
1: Well, uh, the Arizona Cardinals didn't have a second round pick, but in the third round they turned around and and picked an offensive tackle that was projected by many to go off the board in the top fifty, and that was left tackle Josh Jones out of Houston.
0: Yeah, I I, I like this pick. I I like his potential. I think I think you just fix you, you get some technique fixes with Josh Jones, and I think he becomes a good tackle in the league.
1: Tell us uh did did you like the picks by the Cardinals on day three and who was your uh, favorite selection there?
0: You know, there's a couple. Um I actually I actually liked him. I wasn't a big fan of Lecky Fotu, uh from uh Utah. I mean not awful pick, but just not where I would go. I like their sixth round pick, Evan Weaver. I I thought I think he was a good find in the sixth round. Um you know you know Benjamin, I mean I, I don't really understand why he fell to the seventh round because I think you know, that's a good place to get a running back in the seventh round and I think he could be I think he could be a real contributor for them. So even though he's a seventh rounder, I think he has a good shot to make the team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, probably the arguably the best pass catching running back in this draft alongside Edward Z. Lair just has great hands, and you need guys like this coming out of the backfield, guys that can line up in the slot and then run routes like a wide receiver. I think he's going to be a valuable piece uh, for the Arizona Cardinals out there, especially with they've got Kenyon Drake as the starter. They moved on from David Johnson. I think Benjamin is going to be able to to make that team. Surprise me here. What What's your overall grade for the Arizona I give Cardinals? them a
0: B. I, th- I thought they did some good things.
1: All right, let's uh, go on to the next team, and let's let's go with my 49ers. Uh, they had the 13th overall pick in the draft, but they traded down one spot. Uh, the Bucs went up to to grab Tristan Worfs, and then I guess this shouldn't be surprising. I mean, John Lynch just loves drafting those defensive linemen in the first round. I, I thought they were going to break the trend this year, possibly go with the wide receiver, to bring him more weapons for Garoppolo, and they they went with the defensive tackle out of South Carolina, Javon Kinlaw.
0: Yeah, I, and I like this pick. I mean, he didn't impress me at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, but I, I mean, I just I see a lot of quickness, energy, athleticism for a guy who can play in the middle. And you know what? He doesn't look as big as he is. That's another thing about I like about Javon Kinlaw. So I understand this pick at fourteen. Um, you know, I we talked about him at ten. Uh, so I, I, I think this was a good pick by the 49ers.
1: Well, they got rid of DeForest Buckner and they needed to get younger up front and cheaper. Javon Kinlaw has got a lightning quick first step and it's evident. I just want him to make more plays and I hope his motor is always going to run high because I didn't always see that on film. I, I thought it ran hot and cold at times. 49ers surprised a lot of people by uh choosing Brandon Ayuk. He's a really good fit for Kyle Shanahan's offense just because he he loves those wide receivers that can pick up yards after the catch. He can help them as a returner, but Ayuk is is very raw. Yeah, just I, I feel like the 49ers missed one.
0: Yeah, I kind of see Brandon Ayuk as kind of uh, like this year's end kill Harry. Do you, you get what I'm saying? You know, both from ASU, but go, both very big projections. Um, I think he's, I think he's a big projection right now. But I mean, especially with all the good receivers in this draft, I thought, I thought you know, taking him at twenty five was a little too early to take him.
1: I didn't like the pick. Uh, I'll be honest with you, was not my guy. I realized that he came on the scene as a senior, as a JUCO transfer. You know, he's got huge hands, a, a good catching radius. He can make things happen after the catch, but I value guys that run better routes, and he doesn't. Um, I felt like there are a number of drops that I saw in the middle of the field in those contested situations. And I just I don't know how he fits here at the end of the first round. To me, it's a reach. But again, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan raved about this guy. And there are plenty of other uh, experts out there that had Ayuk as a top 40 selection. I, i put him in the top 75 but i felt like he was more of a third round pick they didn't have any day two picks the niners uh, but they had three day three selections. I thought Colton McKivitz was not a bad selection in the fifth round. He can be that that swing tackle, that left or right tackle for the night. Yeah, I,
0: I I thought this was this was a very good pick, especially to get him in the fifth round. And uh, Colton McKivitz was a kid I interviewed at the Senior Bowl, and I I, I liked the kid. He kind of had a he kind of had like that country attitude um, to him, you know, kind of that toughness. But you know, he was a, he was a nice kid. Um, you know, he was a, he had he had a he had a, actually kind of like a gentle personality for, for an NFL offensive lineman, so I, I, I liked Colt McKivitt, so I, I think this was a good pick, so I, I, I totally agree with you on that.
1: All right, don't be too harsh, Ed, but if you do, it's, it's okay. Uh so what's your overall grade for the San Francisco You know, 49ers? I give
0: him a C+. I mean, my favorite pick was Javon Kinlaw, but, you know, I, I still have a question about him. I really wanted him to really show up at the Senior Bowl. Brandon Ayuk, I'm not crazy about. I mean, that's just, just just a pure projection. You know, Colton McKivitt's I like, but, uh, I mean, the other day three picks didn't really excite me. So, yeah, I give him a C+.
1: Seattle Seahawks, uh, Russell Wilson, obviously leading the charge, and... The Seahawks needed to get better on defense. Uh, felt like coming into this draft, especially with Jadavian Clowney moving on, most likely. That first round selection at the end of the first round with that 27th overall pick, the Seahawks surprised everyone. Once again, this happens every year. John Schneider, Pete Carroll, they have their own grading system. They could care less, you know. If, some of these guys are projected to be second or third round picks. Sometimes they're wrong. Sometimes they hit a home run. But Jordan Brooks, the linebacker uh, out of Texas Tech, was the pick at the end of the first round. And usually the Seahawks do a really good job picking those linebackers on, you know, early, uh, uh, whether it's day one or day two. I mean, look at what. Bobby Wagner did throughout his career. So interesting selection. I certainly had Jordan Brooks in the third round, but he's a very good run defender.
0: Yeah, I I, I don't like this pick at all. I I not even think his tape was that good. So, um, I I don't I if there's if there's one scouting, you know, staff that just puzzles me, it's the it's the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, I know they like to take good athletes. I, I, I don't understand this pick at all, really.
1: Well, he is a good athlete. He is a good athlete. He ran 4-5 at the Combine, and I will give him that. He is a good run defender. He's a good wrap-up tackler. I just think Jordan Brooks at the end of the first round was definitely a reach. But we've seen reaches like this before. Rashad Penny, uh, uh, who else out there? Bruce Irving. This happens every year. For, for the Seahawks, sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong, but they they definitely have their own grading system. In the second round, they went with the defensive end slash outside linebacker Daryl Taylor out of Tennessee. Yeah, I
0: don't I don't see this as a second round pick either. I just I don't understand this pick
1: either. I like Taylor's actually film. I'm gonna defend this. I loved his film. I thought he was one of the the natural pass rushers and. It's too bad we didn't get a chance to see him at the senior bowl because he was recovering from an injury. But if it wasn't for that, I thought Taylor is one of those guys that could have risen in this um, in this draft class out here. I, I just think Taylor was one of those intriguing guys for me. And I don't have a problem selecting him here on day two. In the third round, they went with... A two-year starter from LSU, offensive guard Damian Lewis.
0: Yeah, this is my favorite pick from the from the Seattle Seahawks. I think this is a nice pick. Yeah, I, th- I think he plays guard for them, so I, th- I think this is a good pick.
1: When you look at those five day three selections, all those guys scream athletes mm-hmm. to me, except for maybe Colby Parkinson, the tight end out of Stanford. But every one of those guys is a terrific athlete coming out, so... Who was your um, favorite selection for the Seahawks on day? I like
0: that they got Steven Sullivan in the 7th round. I think he can be a good receiving tight end in the league. I I just I think I think as a 7th rounder, I think he carves out a role in the league as, you know, kind of that receiving tight end. Maybe you bring him in, you bring him in and, you know, sort of uh, 12 personnel when you want to throw the ball maybe on 3rd down. I think that's the role he plays in the NFL. So, I th- I think that was a nice pick in the 7th round.
1: Yeah, again, they, they didn't stay. They they picked up two tight ends on day three. They went with the wide receiver. They went with the running back, DJ Dallas, in the fourth round out of Miami, who was a wide receiver before, so you know he's got good hands. Yeah, it's, um, again, the Seahawks just keep stockpiling more playmakers for Russell Wilson, and they try to address that defense with those uh, first two selections. So all right, hit me up with it, Ed. I give him a. I, how bad did the Seahawks I, I'm going to
0: give him a D. I just, you know, you you don't trust what you don't understand. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I just don't understand how they're scouting. I do give, I do give the Seahawks this the credit that they've drafted well over the years. It's just. It seems like they want to just kind of take athletes and think they can coach all of them up and make them good players. And I I kind of understand that draft philosophy. It's worked for them. But I mean, why not why not get good players and then and then uh, you know teach them you know and then and then develop them further. You know why 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 do you you know why do you have to have this size or that height to be a good football player? I mean we've seen we've seen guys who you know have. You know, not a speck of you know, think of it like a Chris Borland, not a speck of athleticism. Very very good well, player. It's
1: hard to argue it did you think about giving the Seahawks an F? I mean, did you try to make an exception here? When you looked at this draft, you're like, God, I don't like any of those picks. Except for Damian well, Lewis. Well,
0: there's a couple picks there's a couple picks that I like. I like the Steven Sullivan pick and I like the, the Damian Lewis pick. So I can't, you know, totally hammer them, but I just I just you know, going based on what, what I see in these players, I, I, I give them a D and I admit, I mean, I think, you know, if I was a draft nick who kinda had a different philosophy on how to draft, I would probably give them a better grade and I'd probably trust that they got the right guys. But yeah, for for my philosophy I, I'm just not I'm just not impressed with the Seahawks draft.
1: The last team on the agenda, the last period in this draft recap by divisions and going through each selection. The last team is the Los Angeles Rams. They didn't have a first-round selection. Uh, Obviously, they used it in the Jalen Ramsey trade. But they had two second-round picks, and they went with two very interesting guys. And the first selection in the second round was Cam Akers. Uh, running back out of Florida State, who m- many folks believe is an underrated back.
0: I think he's an underrated back. Um, i I don't I don't love spending early picks. I, I don't like love the idea of spending my first pick on a running back. I just I just don't like the idea just the the draft philosophy doesn't make sense to me. Do I like the pick? Yeah, I like Cam Makers. I liked his tape. I thought he was a good running back at Florida State. I thought he didn't really have the resources to really you know shine and have big stats. But yeah, Cam Akers and he doesn't have as much tread on his tires, so I understand that. So I'm not I'm not I'm not totally hammering this pick. It's just not my favorite pick.
1: But you shouldn't. I mean, Henderson, the rookie out of Memphis, didn't work out last year. He was a day two pick. They got rid of Todd Gurley in that offense in Sean McAvee's offense, they need a running back. And they need a complete guy. They need a guy that can run between the tackles. They can hit a home run and also catch the ball out of the backfield. That's what Cam Akers does. He's, his specialty is catching those screen passes. He can take it the distance at any time. So interesting guy. Again, had a, had a terrible offensive line at of Florida State the last couple of years. I just hope he, he comes to work and um he's going to be given the chance to to start and uh it's a good selection for the rams um with the second second round selection they went with the florida wide receiver van jefferson who is one of the better route runners in this draft
0: yeah i i i like the guy um you know, I, I kind of think it's a little early with his injury situation. They must they must have some information on his injury situation that leads them to think that he's, he's going to be ready to go for the season, and that's why they took
1: him at 57. Well, they have Robert Woods, they have Cooper Cup, and they got rid of Brandon Cooks. He was shipped off to Houston. You know, Josh Reynolds is entering a contract year, but, I mean, he hasn't caught more than 29 passes in a season. So they needed a guy that can come in, play that third wheel behind Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. I think Van Jefferson can do that because he can line up in, in different spots on the field, whether it's in the slot or as an outside receiver. His father played in the league for a long time. He's a, a wide receiver coach now with the Jets, but Sean Jefferson uh, did some of the his best work with the Patriots uh, when... Actually, it was Bill Parcells who was coaching at that time. There's some familiarity there. I mean, he's been around the game. With the third round selection, they went with two guys. They went with Terrell Lewis, uh, the edge rusher out of Alabama, and they, they went with Terrell Burgess, the defensive back, corner slash safety out of Utah. And in the fourth round, they went with the tight end out of Purdue. They went with Bryson Hopkins, who is one of the He's a speedy, athletic, quick tight end. He's one of the better route runners in this draft. When it comes to to tight ends, he just he has really inconsistent hands. His father played in the league. He played offensive tackle for the for the Titans, the Oilers before, um, but now he's coming into the league. He obviously has been around the game, but he's got to clean up those drops.
0: Yeah, I, I would say I would say Bryson Hopkins pick is a good is a good value pick in the fourth round. I think he's still one of the better tight ends in this draft.
1: Uh, Jordan Fuller, uh, the sixth round selection out of Ohio State. This guy's one of the better leaders out there. He was a, he was a captain at Ohio State. I'm not sure he ever starts, but I think this guy could be a really good backup player and a very good special teams player. I just think that made strides to to get better every year. Pick the kicker, Ed. the The Rams went with the kicker in the seventh round. Sam Sloman, uh, Miami of Ohio guy. Uh, Would you um, Would you think of the overall draft and what's your grade for the Los Angeles Rams? I'm gonna
0: punt and give them a B minus. There's a I, I I think there's some questions, but um, you know I, I thought I thought they I thought they added some good names. You know I'm I, I'm gonna give them a B minus and. You know we'll see we'll see where 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 this where this takes them. You know whether they if they can get a, you know Van Jefferson could turn into a very good receiver, and obviously that offense could really really you know get going and have a lot of options for Jared Goff.
1: Well, Sean McAvoy couldn't stay away from those offensive players early, so he went with the running back. He went with the wide receiver. He wants to keep that offense clicking and and firing on, on all cylinders. That's it. This puts a wrap on our look at all 32 teams. We went through each division, and we gave you a recap of most of the selections and and how these teams did. Next week, we'll come back. It's going to be a lighter show. We'll have a couple of interviews. This was another episode of BlitzCast. Take care.